Welcome to the Revive Wellness Podcast, real talk about faith, fitness, and functional health with me, Allie Farnbach, natural figure pro, FDNP, certified health coach, and lover of Christ. I've been a coach in the online space for 17 years, bridging the gap between health and aesthetics and transforming over 600 bodies at Revive Wellness Health and Physique. My goal with this pod is to connect faith, fitness, and functional health in a way that encourages, educates, and empowers. I am so grateful that you chose to spend some time with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please take a moment at the end to rate and review the podcast and pass it on to a friend. I am literally building this pod from the ground on up, and so your ratings, reviews, and shares will all help it gain traction and visibility, so thank you. This episode is brought to you by Better Bodies. I remember the very first pair of Better Bodies tights I owned. I got them at the first Arnold I ever attended back when I was just 22. And I have been wearing the Better Bodies brand ever since. Created in New York in 1982, Better Bodies has core values that I really align with. No compromises, being relentless, having no excuses. If you want to try their workout apparel, go to betterbodies.com, all one word, and use the code BB15 at checkout to save 15%. That's betterbodies.com, code BB15 to save 15%. Welcome to episode six today, guys. We are going to be talking about three idols that prevent us from stewarding our bodies well. And so I am going to be talking a little bit today about body stewardship. And if you haven't already, I would definitely encourage you to go back and listen to, I believe it is episode three that I did on body stewardship, where I sort of introduced the topic, explain what it is, um, why it matters. It's going to set you up really well to step into today's podcast. Um, so before I get into today's topic, I'm going to open us up with some prayer. Lord, thank you for this platform and thank you for this opportunity. Please guide my words today. Help me speak with with grace, with um, truth, and with confidence. I ask that you bless my efforts and bless the ears of those listening. Amen. All right, guys. So let's dive in. So for those of you who don't know, I grew up in the church. Um, as far back as I can remember, my parents took us to Sunday school. They took us to church service, to vacation Bible school, and I can remember being taught the necessity of being a faithful steward. I was instructed to see that whatever time, whatever talents, whatever resources, whatever monies I had were entrusted that were entrusted to me by God, you know, that I used them well and that I managed them well. But as I got older, I realized there was one area of stewardship that I never saw as something that required my attention and action because it was frankly never anything that was brought up. And that was the importance of valuing the gift that is my body and caring for it and stewarding it appropriately. In my experience, the discussion of body stewardship is very often overlooked, neglected, and and um, even excused in the church today. I mean, I, I have to be honest, I don't think I have ever sat through a single sermon on body stewardship or even a single sermon on the importance of caring as a Christian about the physical body. 
But just like God gives us time, he gives us talents, he gives us money, resources, right? He also gives us each a body. And I really think that out of out of all the gifts that we are given by the Lord, the body is truly special. We might not always see it that way, right? There are probably like 10 things that come to your mind right away that you don't like about your body or that you wish was different. But the truth is, is that God didn't have to give us a body. He could have chosen another vehicle or another vessel for the human soul. And yet he gave us, he gave us bodies. He gave us hands to touch and, and to feel and eyes to see and ears to hear, you know, because he gave us bodies, we are able to experience life while we are on earth in a, in a really, in a really unique and beautiful way. But ultimately, as I as I discussed in episode three, our bodies don't belong to us. They are ours on loan. If the body is the home to the soul, the best way to think about this is to think about yourself as renting, right? You are a renter. You do not own. In fact, as believers, our bodies are doubly not ours. First, we are his because he created us, right? Because God is my body's designer and maker, he owns me. The Apostle Paul affirms God's claim of ownership when teaching the doctrine of election in Romans 9. Who are you, a mere man, to question God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay? Now, I personally may not verbally question God's ownership over me, and maybe you don't either. But my actions, my actions often do just that. I have no right to use or abuse my body as I see fit. And when I do, I am essentially questioning God's authority and sovereignty over my life. My body is not mine. It is his. Second, we are his because Christ paid for us to be his. When Jesus came, when he willingly went to the cross on our behalf, when he saved us, he ransomed us, he paid the price for our sin, and he reconciled us back to the Father. So essentially, we were yet again made his. 1 Corinthians 6.20 is is my favorite verse that speaks to this. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Every part of me belongs fully unto the Lord. I have no right to act otherwise. My job as a steward is to care for the body I've been gifted, this body that I have on loan, right? This home for my soul that I'm renting, and to use it to honor and glorify him. And in my own journey to better health and and learning exactly what it means to steward my body for Christ, I have found that putting this into practice really boils down to me repeatedly asking myself one very important question. What idols are preventing me from stewarding my body well? When I was preparing for this podcast, I I searched God's word and I spent time in prayer and and I and I really self-reflected, right? Just looked inward at my own heart and I came up with three areas of idolatry that I think are common to many of us. Areas that we likely need to confront and change. And these are the three areas that I want to cover in today's podcast. The first is the most obvious, and that's food. Many of our struggles with weight and resulting health problems are ultimately the result of how we view food. Food's primary purpose is to nourish the body. 
I mean, have you ever actually sat back and thought that God could have made food completely tasteless, like simply perfunctory, and it would still fulfill its purpose to nourish the body? But because God is just God, and he is awesome, and he is good, and he is kind, and he is generous, he gave food taste, and not just taste, but flavor. He gave us the gift of being able to enjoy our food, and we should enjoy our food and be grateful for it. The problem really arises when we look to food for reasons other than what it was intended for, right? When we when we look to it for joy or we turn to it for comfort, um, for example, using it to soothe feelings or using it as a sense of security, believing that we can eat whatever we want, whatever we want it, using food as a distraction from an uncomfortable thought or an intrusive feeling or an emotion. Um, using food when we are bored is another one, or even allowing food to be used as a reward. These are just a few of the ways we can allow food to become an idol, but there are others too that you know exist on the opposite end of the spectrum. So things that would fall into this category would be denying ourselves food, um, restricting as a means of punishment, thinking we have to earn our calories or work harder to burn off what we ate. Again, these are all really unhealthy mindsets because what what it does is it puts food at the forefront of our thoughts. I can honestly say that at varying points of my life, I've been on both ends of this spectrum. In junior high, I struggled with anorexia. In my 20s, I struggled with binging and restricting. And certainly as a competitive bodybuilder for the majority of my life, I have I've certainly struggled with um, just a, a tendency to overexercise and restrict calories. And, and guys, I will be 100% transparent. I, I don't have this down pat, okay? I still wrestle when it comes to my relationship with food and eating. I am not perfect. God is constantly working on my heart and renewing my mind. But what I do know and what has helped me is the knowledge that he is with me and that he has given me everything I need to demolish any unhealthy belief I hold about food and eating. Only God can comfort us when we are sad. Only God can relieve our anxiety when we are stressed. And only God can bring us true joy, give us the peace, the security, the happiness that we're after. Food becomes an idol anytime it holds power over us. When we fixate on it, when we refuse to say no to our impulses and desires, when we spend a lot of time dwelling our thoughts on food, right? That's when the alarm should be going off in your head like, hey, this could be an idol, and again, here comes Paul, right? Paul addresses, Paul is the best. Paul addresses the importance of avoiding this in 1 Corinthians. He even mentions food when he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. In other words, just because you can eat it doesn't mean you should. Food is an absolutely wonderful gift, but it's not greater than the giver. I mean, God has made food so we can enjoy it, but at the same time, we can't let it rule us. It doesn't dominate us. And, and we need to make every effort that we possibly can to keep it in its rightful place. Instead, we should follow Paul's example when he says, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And that's 1 Corinthians 9.27. And this really means exercising self-control and self-denial. I appreciate the practical advice of Pastor John MacArthur on this subject. Um, and I have this written down in the notes app on my phone. And he says, learn to say no to your feelings and impulses. 
Occasionally deny yourself pleasures that are perfectly legitimate for you to enjoy. Skip dessert after a meal. Drink a glass of iced tea instead of having that banana split that you love. Don't eat the donut that caught your eye. Refraining from those things reminds your body who is in charge. So who is in charge? You or food? There's not like, I don't mean to say that there's anything wrong with enjoying a favorite meal, dessert, or treat at all. So don't anybody read into that. But exercising discipline and control means we should be able to abstain, forgo, skip these things at times so that we never believe the lie that we have to have it in order to be happy, to be fulfilled, or to find joy because only God can do that for us. The second idol is exercise. And like with food, there's two sides to this. So obviously, God created our bodies to move. And I'm a very firm believer that physical exercise is mental for our, or excuse me, is vital for our mental, emotional, and spiritual health as well as physical. Yet more than any other society in history, we tend towards being ridiculously sedentary. More than one in five adults are considered inactive. And too many people, I think, are missing out on the incredible benefits our minds and bodies get from simply moving. Things like improved sleep and reduced blood pressure, less anxiety, better mental health, the obvious, right? Maintaining a healthier weight, lowered risk uh, for heart disease, several cancers, dementia, Alzheimer's, better gut health, less metabolic disease, like I could keep going. And while we shouldn't focus on the physical body to the exclusion of the spiritual, as Paul explains in 1 Timothy 4, 7, 8, neither should we avoid strengthening our bodies through physical activity. I'm sure you're probably thinking right now, okay, but if the body isn't forever and it won't last, like who really cares? Well, I'm going to come back and say that being a faithful steward of your body means we should be reasonably committed to doing what we can to the best that we can, as long as we can, to ensure good health and strength. It's really hard to live out God's purpose for your life in a body that is sick, in a body that is run down, in a body that is riddled with disease and neglect and extra body weight. But again, there's an opposite end of this spectrum, right? If we have been too inactive on one end, what do we have on the other? Right, Just like we can make an idol of comfort because, frankly, most people avoid exercise because it's uncomfortable and hard. Right On the other opposite end is over-exercising or being obsessed with physical activity. And now you're probably thinking, but Ali, you just told me how healthy exercise was for me, and I did. But like most things, too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. I I have personally over-exercised myself into adrenal fatigue, hypothalamic amenorrhea, hormonal mayhem and a slew of gut issues. So trust me, please, when I say there is a point of diminishing returns. Really, when it comes to over-exercising, it is all about motive and heart position. It's it's like um, Timothy 6.10, which says that it's the love of money, not money itself that is the root of all evil. It's about priorities and heart position. I know I have to constantly check mine because the practice of elevating one thing, anything, even a good thing above all other things in your life, unless it is Christ, is idolatry. And the last thing we're going to touch on today is rest. And frankly, this is, oh, this is still the one I struggle with the most. As much as our bodies were made to move and as much as God designed us to move, we were also made to rest because we can only work so hard for so long. God himself even showed us how important rest is when he finished creating the world. 
The fact that God rested on the seventh day might really seem odd at first glance. After all, um, we know that he is all powerful. Um, in Isaiah 40, 28, it says that he doesn't ever grow tired or weary. So if he doesn't ever get tired and he doesn't ever get weary, why did God rest? As Tim Challey succinctly explains, um, he rested to establish a pattern and to establish a flow, that there would be times for labor and that there would be times for rest. God did not intend all work and no rest. He did not intend all rest and no work. He intended both to flow in a pattern and in a dance. Ecclesiastes 3.1, which is a really, really well-quoted verse, says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. God wants us to both work hard and well, but he also intends that we take time to rest well and, and, and rest appropriately, not only to recharge our bodies and minds, but I think also as a reminder of our limitations and as, um, like as a reminder of our dependence on him. I am not personally a, a rester by nature. I'm a mover and I'm, a, and I'm a doer. I work really hard um, because I was raised to work really hard. I watched my parents work hard. I had my first job at 12. At the age of, of 22, I quit my full-time job to become a full-time online coach and build my own business. Um, even now, you know, my thoughts always seem to be in overdrive, running a million miles a minute um, with all the things that I think I need to do. And I bet as I'm saying this, some of you are listening are probably nodding your head like, you know, yeah, me too. Um, I feel the same. I feel like most of us don't truly rest because resting, stepping back, saying, no, these things are really counterculture. They aren't celebrated in society or on social media. But I also feel like sometimes we don't rest because we don't trust. We don't rest because we don't trust God with our time. We don't think we have enough. But the truth is, is we have God and he is enough. He will ensure what is necessary to be done gets done, but we have to trust him enough to rest in him. And when we don't trust that God is enough, it becomes really easy to fall into that trap of idolatry, of, of, of making like of self-sufficiency and autonomy. Like we erroneously believe we can do anything and everything without stopping to remember that unlike God, we will grow tired and we will need rest. Jeremiah 31.25 says, I, and this is God speaking, will refresh tired bodies. I will restore tired souls. I, I love this verse. I take such comfort in this verse. It reminds me that God didn't create us to run on hamster wheels. He created us to worship and love and adore him, to be near him and to have a relationship with him and a relationship with those around us. So I think it's important to, you know, ask ourselves if we've gotten so sucked into our schedules, into our to-do lists, into our projects and commitments that we've made an idol of hustling, grinding, and working, maybe even to the expense of our mental and physical well-being. So the result of taking these three areas of your life um, and examining them before the Lord, right, food, exercise, and rest will really help you understand what you need to do to be a good and faithful steward of your body. Maybe it means moving more, and maybe it means moving less. Maybe it means exercising more discipline and self-control around food, or maybe it means less rigidity about eating food and exercise altogether. I 
just really want you to remember that the way you treat your physical body matters. As its steward, it isn't yours to abuse. After all, think about it. When you borrow something, um, when somebody loans you something, when somebody gives you a gift, don't you usually strive to take better care of it than you would something that was just your own? Our bodies are no different. Yes, they will fade and pass away. And, and we do have to be careful to avoid the extreme of prizing our earthly temples too highly, of, of um, focusing on them too much. And, you know, further, you know, we're not all going to be a size two. We're not all going to be, you know, complete a triathlon. But there is work we can and should do to use what God has given us to the best of our abilities and to make the most of our bodies while we are here on earth. Guarding and caring for the bodies we've been given should always be a priority. After all, we like we only have one, guys. From birth until death, it has to last us. We are stewards with only one life with which to live and and love and serve God and serve and serve others. So thank you all for listening today. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to catching up with you again next week. I am a board certified health coach and an FDNP, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, not a licensed medical doctor. The contents of this podcast should not be taken as medical advice or medical nutritional prescription. Any information I share is for educational and encouraging purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any health problem, nor is it intended to replace the advice of a physician or a medical professional.